You're listening to Bow Down to Us, the comics edition, a podcast for everyone from comic nerds to comic noobs. You know who you are. And here's your host, Vince. Hello again, everyone. It is November 3rd, another fine comic book Wednesday. Dear God, it's November already. But that means it's another day for Bow Down to Us, the comics edition. As usual, this is Vince with my sidekick, Roger. How are you doing today, buddy? I'm doing fantastic. How about yourself? I've had better days, but <laughs> hey, it's all good because we got a big dose of awesome for our listeners today, starting with the greatest thing I have seen on TV in quite a while, and that is, of course, the premiere of the Walking Dead TV series on AMC this past Sunday. It was an hour and a half of pure zombie killing, end of the world greatness. I I loved every single minute of the episode. I've been a huge fan of the comic for years, and I know you watched it. What did you think of it? I really enjoyed it a lot. We, I, I actually sat down to watch it on Halloween night with the wife, and uh, I didn't think that I thought we were only going to be watching a little bit of it actually because we had a plan to go to bed. Actually, we're old. What, what the hell? So <laughs> we planning to go to bed and basically watch maybe fifteen minutes of it, and we were hooked for an hour and fifteen minutes. Little did I realize that it was going to be an hour and a half premiere, though. Otherwise, we would have stayed up for the last fifteen minutes. <laughs> I thought we were looking at a full other hour so we watched 15 extra minutes into the the second part and said no no that's it we gotta hit the sack and then the following day when you told me it was an hour and a half we watched the last 15 minutes um absolutely loved it absolutely loved it it was really well done the actors were all great and uh no really really found it quite engaging yeah I mean, frank darabont I- First of all, he's an Oscar award-winning director. This guy is not just some schlub they pulled off the street and said, hey, let's do something about zombies and comic books. No, this guy is is a high-caliber director, and he has assembled such an amazing amount of talent. Uh, the, the guy they have playing Rick is great. Uh, the, the Morgan character was so much better in the TV series than he was in the comic. Uh, as, as Frank Darabont has said, they're going to stick to the story of the comics, but – If there's extra story there to tell, they're going to take the time to tell it. Uh, If for anybody who's read the comic, the whole subplot with Morgan and his wife didn't quite exist in the comic at all. It it could have been there, but it was never really talked about. And honestly, that was one of the most touching and dramatic moments of the entire premiere for me. I like how they did, yeah, a lot of the extra stuff that was not in the comic book. I only actually just started reading the comic book after watching the TV series. Um, I had them on file. I just had not had the time to tackle them. When you're looking at, you know, you've got over 70 issues to read to get caught up on a series. It's a little daunting. So I, uh, I'd i been planning on, on going over them later on. But then after watching this, I was so impressed that I started reading them. The problem was is that I, I read the first one, which I really loved and then i read the second one and then because of how similar they are to that premiere i started wondering okay well just how similar is the rest of the series going to be to the premiere i don't want i'm enjoying the show so by reading now the series i know that i'm kind of blowing it for the series because i'm i'm going to know what's going on on the tv show 
Yeah, but it's going to be so much more exciting just to see how it all plays out. I mean, there's only so much you can do with a comic book it, and a faithful reproduction of the comic book onto the screen with extra stuff added in is always going to be entertaining. Like 300, the movie 300 was so true to the comic, but they added in a lot of extra stuff to flesh out the story and make it more interesting. And the movie was phenomenal. My my previous knowledge going in didn't really diminish how much I enjoyed the movie. As a matter of fact, it, it might have even increased it to a point. So I'm really, really looking forward to seeing just how many more of these great little touches they're going to add in to expand upon the story that's already been told in the comic. Yeah, the 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 expansion that they made with the wife in the, in the the premiere, which is not at all in the the comic book, was incredible. But not only that, but actually the um, the character himself, they made such a distinction. In in the comic book, he's much more easygoing. And, he, like, I mean, he does not interrogate... Um, what's the name? Uh, Rick. Rick, right, yeah. He doesn't interrogate, doesn't tie him to a bed, <laughs> you know, just to make sure. But it worked better, actually, in the premiere. It actually made more sense in the premiere the way that they did it. Because, yeah, you would be paranoid, especially if someone's got a bandage on them. You would mm-hmm. definitely be a lot more paranoid. Um, case in point, in the comic book, when one of the, 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 the characters gets scratched up, they don't tie him to the bed. They just leave him in bed and hope that he'll get better. I'm thinking, dude, if that was me, <laughs> first sign of a freaking, if you've got a Band-Aid on, you better have a good explanation for it, let alone your whole, your entire side is gauzed up. Um, so, no, I thought actually that, and it's not speaking ill of the comic book. The, the, the pacing for the comic book is very well done. Although I find that they tend to, he tends to jump a little bit too much between things and not spend quite enough time on certain aspects. But that's a personal, I mean, it's a personal opinion. Not everybody's going to agree with me. But I think that for the series, the TV series, they're really spending as much time as they need to on the people so that you really care a lot about those characters like i know that we're not going to see those characters again um morgan and his son we're not going to see them again so what they show oh, there, we're not are we not i would think I not know. because he kind of left you can never there. tell in this story this well, is so unpredictable okay well <laughs> Based on what I'm thinking, having seen it and read just the few issues that I, I have, I mean, I'm, I'm still, I haven't even broke the 10 mark. I'm on issue nine right now. But because he left, I got the impression that that was just a vignette that was in that episode. And the next episodes will be, again, vignettes with whoever he interacts with in those. But even if that's the case, it was fleshed out well enough that you cared for the characters in spite of the, the the brief period that you were there with them. You really cared about them. And and the whole scene with the wife, you really feel it. So again, I, I think that in terms of the series, they're really doing a good job. They're, they're expanding where they need to and making it something that I cannot wait for the next episode. Yeah. It's funny. Like I was keeping up with the, the Twitter stream of the official walking dead hashtag just for the fun of it while the episode was going on. And like, everybody's like, Oh, zombies. And Oh, okay. Yeah. Shoot him in the head. And this and that. But when they got to the scene with the wife, you could just instantly see the entire internet, their tone changed. And it was like, 
whoa, <laughs> like they were not expecting drama that good out of the show. And that's that's what really is making this a success. The, the drama fans are enjoying the action and the horror side of it. The horror fans are enjoying the drama side of it. It's really bringing a huge audience together. And when I say huge audience, I mean huge audience. On Monday, they announced that the premiere of The Walking Dead was the highest rated show in the history of of the AMC channel, which is amazing considering that show Emmy award-winning shows like Breaking Bad and Mad Men have been running on there for years. So to blow away Mad Men, which is a breakaway hit for AMC, that is huge for The Walking Dead. Well, actually, that's something that I was talking to the wife about, too, the other night. Um, just because we were like, I was wondering, I wondered just how good this show did on, on the premiere night because I actually hadn't checked the stats. That being said, we both agreed like they couldn't have picked a better night, obviously, to air it. But not just that, but it worked in their favor that Halloween was on a Sunday this year because then you got even less people who have gone out to a party. So they're at home. So this was a perfect way to spend that evening because, you know, you have to go either to work or school the following day. So it was, hmm. they couldn't have picked a better night to actually air it. I'm hoping that it got enough people interested that it's going to carry through within reason as the, the series progresses and it'll hold on to its audience. I think it might even grow, at least in the early weeks, just from word of mouth alone. Like so many people were blown away that weren't expecting sure. it to be as good as it was. I, I think we might even see a small upturn in the audience before it hits the inevitable downslope that every TV show experiences after its first couple weeks. Uh, well, before we move on. Oh, go ahead. I'm not, I'm not done. <laughs> I was going to say, though, that I think that if they continue the series the way that we saw here with the first one, where it's. It's a drama about people and it just happens to be in a post-apocalyptic zombie world kind of thing. Yes. And it reminds me very much of how I describe Battlestar to people. Because if you mm -hmm. tell people that they should watch Battlestar Galactica, many of them will automatically dismiss it saying, I don't like sci-fi shows. And then you have to explain, no, 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 it's a drama. It's just set in space. So... At that point, when they tried, then they realized that, yeah, no, it's a phenomenal drama. So I think that this is going to be the same thing. You're going to be explaining to people saying it's not just a zombie show. Same as the comic book. When you look at some of the stuff, and I'm only on issue nine, some of the stuff that's going on in the comic book with these characters and the, the plot lines and the storylines, it is most certainly a drama that's just set in this post-apocalyptic zombie world. And I think that's what's going to make this series succeed as long as, again, that word of mouth is going to be very important. Same as, again, with other shows wherein you have to tell them, no, 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 trust me, it's a good drama. You will like it. Yeah, that, that's a great comparison, one that I didn't think of. Uh, but before we move on, uh, just one thing I want to touch on as something I'm a little concerned with about where the show's going. And that's uh, in the first episode, we got to see the scene with Shane, Rick's partner in the, the, the sheriff's office, and Lori, Rick's wife, and a certain interactions that they, they've shared together. And that was completely new to the story from the comic. Like the comic, they, they, there was something there, but I don't want to get into it. I don't want to ruin way too much. It's only been one episode. It took a lot of self-control not to spoil a thousand things right from the beginning. And I, I have to say I understand why they're doing this the way they're doing it because when the entire storyline reaches its conclusion – 
it's probably going to be a bit more dramatic for the TV audience. I'm just a, a little concerned that it might be too much of a departure from the comic storyline, at least from a character standpoint. It's something I'm, I'm definitely going to be keeping my eyes on uh, over the next several episodes because I think I know where the first season of the TV show is going to be ending and it's going to end with a bang. Let's just say that. <laughs> <laughs> um, in all honesty, like, I mean, you're talking about you don't want to spoil too much, but this comic series is fairly old. I think the the uh, statue of limitation on spoilers for The Walking Dead is pretty much done. This is pr- true. We could probably talk I... about some of the things in there because there's no saying what's in the comic will actually be in the series either. True, but I, spoiling too much from the comic will likely lead to spoiling too much from the show, which if anybody hasn't been reading the comic and they are watching the show, I don't want to ruin that experience for them. So Go I can't talk comic. about this. So you, so we, I, we I, can, I, we can talk about it, but I, I don't want to put it out onto the show, at least at this early point. Well, screw you. I wanted to talk <laughs> about this stuff because this is right, well, awesome. We can, we can keep talking about oh. it and avoid Batman if you want. Oh, <laughs> damn it. We'll come, we'll come back to it on a future episode. So you're saying basically I'm not going to be able to talk about any of these things until the actual episode airs. We'd have to have a whole new podcast just for The Walking Dead. Let's Ooh, do it. That's an idea. Four a week. Make it <laughs> All right, fine. All right. Well, it's definitely something we'll be talking about quite a bit as time goes on. But we did want to set aside a, a nice chunk of time this week for something we've been talking about repeatedly ever since we first started this podcast. And we're going to give it the time it deserves because we absolutely love it. And that is, of course, Batman Beyond. For anybody who actually listens to the show, you know we love it because it's our freaking intro. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Roger, you've been absolutely loving this thing. This is one of the titles that has really rekindled your interest in comics as a whole. So I'm going to let you take take a bit of the start on this one. Well, it's only going to be part of the start because I, like I was telling you, I actually haven't had the time to read the latest issue, which is really driving me nuts mm. because... This is one of the series that I'm like, the moment it's out, I want to read it. That's how much I'm loving it. Like like we've said before in in, in the other podcasts, um, I think that what draws me in with this is that, like most people, anybody who's read comic books, a diehard Batman fan early on, absolutely loved it. Um, As the years progressed and I stopped reading the comic books, I still actually watched the series with my kids. Um, and it's one of those things where I, I've got no problem with watching animated shows at all as an adult. And so, hell, I would watch them without my kids if I wanted to. But it w- it's been a fun experience to watch and follow that character with the kids. And and part of the, the fun of that experience spanning as long as it has for me, we're looking at quite a few years there. I mean, from watching them as a kid myself to reading the comic books as a teenager to then watching the series uh, with my kids later on as an adult and father. It's the character, the Bruce Wayne character is, is so ingrained in, um, in, in our, how do I word this? Is so ingrained, we know who he is. We know him inside and out, and we love him for that. But it hasn't changed that that much, regardless of the series or regardless of the comic books that I've read. It, it hasn't changed that much. He's always been the same 
archetype. Now we have him in a completely different setting where he's not feeble, but he's not nearly the man that he used to be. You get some glimpses of him wherein he would love to be that man again, but he doesn't have the opportunity to do so for a variety of reasons. So that in and of itself is fantastic because now we see Bruce Wayne in a completely different light. Now we see Bruce Wayne with some vulnerabilities because despite the fact that he was just a dude with a lot of money and in good shape, he still was not a superpower like all of the others. So, but despite that, he was still invulnerable for all intents and purposes. And now we're seeing him where he's collapsing if he doesn't take his heart medication and things like that. But he still is a force to be reckoned with behind the scenes. Now, that in and of itself, like I'm saying, is fantastic. But toss in this fresh new Batman who has a lot of similarities. Well, obviously a lot of similarities. There's some (laughs) of the same code there, genetic code. But that... It's that young, fresh attitude. Now, I, I, I've i always liked that kind of thing so long as it doesn't delve into melodrama. And you see that far too often in both comics and animated series. And what they've done is they've really done a good job in not letting it fall into melodrama. I mean, there are certainly moments where when he's thinking about his father having lost his father and they are well done touching dramatic moments but it's not it's never falls into melodrama and i love that so you've got so many aspects of the stories that mesh so well together the 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 fantastic characters the amazing character development and then let's tack on top of that some really cool little flashback things to the original batman which is kind of what we're seeing here with That's Hush. exactly what we're seeing. So here. yeah, those little glimpses of the stories that you remember from back when, or that are relatively new for some people, depending on when they read them, and kind of twist it a little bit and play with it while still remaining in the DC universe. So it's not a complete departure. We're in. Um, it's one of those what ifs that Marvel does kind of things. No, this is actually canon for DC Universe right now. And so it, it lends it that credibility of, yes, this is actually happen- happening and not just some wild tale that somebody's spinning. And that means something. And the story is so well done, it amazingly illustrated, it's vibrant, the pacing is great, the dialogue between the characters, I don't think I could ask for better. And again, the writing is just spot on. So up until now, I've loved it. And the fact that they're going to continue this in January. Oh, dude, that news made my day. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Did you uh, have you read the original Hush storyline? No, no, I did not. Okay. well, as someone who did read it and loved it, one of my favorite Batman stories of all time at the end of the first issue when, you know, they're they're chasing down this mysterious villain that's been knocking off, you know, Batman enemies, straight up killing them, not not Batman style, taking them down. And, and he comes across the nurse and he's like, who what happened? Who did this? And when the lines came out of her mouth, it's like he just kept saying, hush. I was like, I. I ran into work the next day and went to my comic book friends and went, tell me you read Batman Beyond. And they're like, I know. Oh, my God. It was so mind-blowing. So great. Um, 
for those that don't know, Hush was a villain. Uh, it was introduced in uh, the mid 2000s. I think it came out. It was written by Jeff Loeb, some of the best writing he's done in his career and drawn by Jim Lee, who he, he's an artistic god in the comic universe. Great, great story. And uh, the character of Hush was one of Bruce Wayne's oldest friends, Thomas Elliot, who, through a lot of his own personal issues, turned into Bruce's greatest enemy. But he didn't just come straight after Batman. He used a lot of Batman's uh, villains of the time and this big, complicated plot against him. Just to tell you how awesome the Hush storyline was, they made the Riddler hardcore. And if you can make the Riddler that great, anything else is just cherries on top because it was such a great storyline. So to see them take the concept of Hush and fast forward it into the Batman Beyond universe was so, so great. And like you were talking about the character interactions between Bruce and Terry throughout the the the, the animated series, we saw, you know, this, the nice camaraderie between them, the joking, you know, Bruce was always kind of hard on him, but Terry lived up to it. And, you know, there was some grudging respect there. But all of a sudden in this miniseries, we start to see a lot of strain in the relationship. Oh, yeah. Bruce is being really hard on Terry at, to the point where Terry just goes renegade at one point and turns off his comms and leaves the old man there just gritting his teeth like, <laughs> with nothing he can do. It was, it's It's been a lot of great character development. And ugh, I hate that you haven't read issue five because in issue five, there's such a payoff for it. And, you know. We, we saw Terry get taken out by Hush at the end of issue four and Bruce loses it. And he he brings up a lot of his inner feelings and voices them. And it's just, it was such a great character moment. You you have to read that. I, you can't miss that. Well, you can spoil it if you want, because we are talking about the issue as well. But I, I do agree with you. And that's one of the things that I, I've mentioned on a prior episode as well, too. I love the new dynamic between the characters and i want to know more about why because there were certainly a lot of points in the animated series wherein the relationship was more strained than normal um i know that because as mentioned before too we've we just finished watching all of them again not that long ago literally like a not even a month ago um so we did see some episodes where the relationship was more strained. Um, however, because it is an animated series, you got the impression that they still tried to make it to, to make up essentially, you know, and not make it too hard for uh, hardcore for the audience. But in here, you're seeing a really strained relationship. There are a lot of problems to the point where you can believe that at one point Terry would take the costume out and just throw it at him and say, that's it. I've had it with you kind of thing, which again, leads me to wonder why what's going on here. Uh, what has caused it to get to this point, <laughs> which well, why it makes you want to keep reading again. Yeah. It, when the writing is that strong, not, not the overall storyline that you care about the story arc and want to know where it's going. Case in point, say the Fantastic Four turning into the Fantastic Three. The the what the draw for that is the story arc. The draw for Batman Beyond is the character development and the interactions between the characters. That's way different, and that is a testament to incredible writing. 
Well, if you look back uh, throughout his career, Bruce has always been hard uh, on the younger heroes, be it uh, members of the Justice Leagues to, of course, his Robins. And he's had nice, nice collection over the decades. <laughs> and we yeah. see the Robins play into this story because as we see, whenever Hush is around Terry, he calls him Pretender. He knows that he's not a true Batman. So there's a, there's a lot of nice dynamic there leading up to the reveal of who Hush actually is. But, you know, they go through the investigation process. OK, Hush knows too much about Batman to just be a random villain. Well, who knows more about Batman than the Robins? So the first person he plays he pays a visit to is, of course, Tim Drake, who we saw played a big part in the Return of the Joker movie which was amazing. Everything oh, that has Batman God, Beyond yeah. in it yeah. has been so fantastic <laughs> where, where Tim Drake was basically a reincarnation of the Joker after an incident years past. And we saw how, okay, this is why Tim Drake stopped being uh, Robin. And, but that doesn't work. So Tim gives them an address of somebody else to visit. Another untold story of, okay, Tim Drake's not around. We know Jason Todd's dead, at least at the timing of this uh, Storyline, although he did actually come back in the Hush original miniseries. So who knows where Jason Todd is in the Batman Beyond universe. But that's, of course, the most famous Robin, Dick Grayson. Where's Dick Grayson? Where's Nightwing at in the Batman Beyond universe? And my God, that entire scene with Terry in Dick's apartment was so great. When he when he's asking, hey, have you kept any mementos, you know, a playing card, you know, two faces coins like, oh, I kept one memento (laughs) and shows the tattered remains of the Nightwing costume. And the whole flashback with that was so awesome. I love that. That was fantastic. That was I can't I can't say enough for how well written this is. When you're reading through that entire scene, you are literally like if you if you're if you have a seat that you can be on the edge of, that's where you are. It's it it's it's nail biting. Like what's going on? And then the payoff is great, and that's big too because it's all well and good to be able to string your audience along with with a little bit of 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 true facts and 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 things like that, and then really keep them guessing as well. But that payoff has to count. And what we've seen throughout this series so far is that the little mini arcs and even just the little few pages where there's a little interaction between characters. Man, the payoff always counts. It always works well. <laughs> and so that's why whenever there's any kind of thing going on here, I can't wait to see the end of it. Yeah. And I just love that line uh, at the very end of uh, the, the interaction between Terry and Dick when he says it's dangerous to stand behind Bruce because yeah. that has so many meanings, obviously, literally and metaphorically. It's and it's true. Like nobody who's been involved with Bruce Wayne as Batman has escaped unscathed be it any of the Robins, Barbara Gordon, any of his multitude of women that he's known over the years, nobody escapes from Batman without some sort of damage if they escape at all. So it's just, there's so many things that they tie in here. The new Catwoman, great. The, the, the bringing Cadmus and Amanda Waller into the story, again, great. And it's all leading to big payoffs in issues five and issue six. I really can't stress enough for people to go check this out. Go out there. This is one of the best comics coming out every month. And there's only one issue left in this miniseries. It comes out, if not next week, then the week after, very soon, before it takes a small hiatus going into its new ongoing. I can't recommend it enough, and I know you can't either. 
Yeah, yeah. The um, the only other thing that I would add to the Nightwing conversation, um, which is another another great thing about the series too, is that um, Bruce Wayne is not infallible. The the reason for that tattered suit is actually because mm-hmm. Bruce Wayne is the one that screwed up, and you never read that. You know, you know, you don't read about Bruce screwing up kind of thing. This, especially in a uh, a battle scene kind of thing, he's always where he's supposed to be. He's doing what he's supposed to do. He, he's fully prepared. Here, he's the one that screwed up, and that's why he has that Nightwing tattered costume. So again, it's those little things like that that are throughout the series so far that are a huge selling point. And yeah, no, I'm 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 so excited that it's coming full time starting in January, but I still think that people should definitely go out and buy this entire series right now. Yeah, absolutely. Great, great stuff. Batman Beyond. We love it. So we're going to move into the uh, what we're reading segment where you said you're reading uh, Walking Dead right now, obviously, correct? Yeah, and apparently I can't talk about it. <laughs> we, let's, let's give it some time. Let, 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 let's give the people some time. I'm going to give you just a little time because I swear, whether we talk about it here or I'm putting the feature on the site once I've read more, <laughs> I'm talking about this because the series is very well done. I'm really loving And when I say series, I should say the comic series. Uh, I'm not going to mention the TV series anymore. We talked enough about that at the beginning. The series, the comic series is really really well written and i'm really enjoying the story arcs that are in it as well and the characters that are 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 in the series are are really well written and they're it's one of those again where you're enjoying the interactions between the people and the interactions are different than what they would normally be simply because of the circumstances and he takes that into account and it's in there and that's big because you you have moments where you're thinking that would never happen but when you're thinking of it in terms of the present tense of where they are yeah it makes sense yeah people do crazy things when they're in a situation like and not that we we'd ever see that but you know those the post apocalyptic kind of sense yeah people will do things that they never would and he does that fantastic so i i've been just absolutely loving this series although just the one thing i'm a little disappointed that the original artist actually left and that there's the new artist who took on from i think issue seven on not that he's bad but i actually preferred the original artist yeah well after the next 70 issues uh charlie you're used to it Pretty, yeah. Uh, well, speaking of people put into extreme circumstances, that leads to my what we're reading. And I talked about this a couple months ago. It was something I was interested in. And I've now pretty much got myself caught up to uh, the current releases. And that's two titles uh, from Boom Studios written by Mark Wade. And they go together. They are Irredeemable and Incorruptible. Uh, when I first talked about Irredeemable, it, I was telling about how it was a story we've seen before with the Superman type character, you know, all the power going nuts and darn near destroying the world. And at its core, that's what it is. And the story focuses a lot around his fellow heroes who have still survived, trying to come up with a way to either stop him or save him. Uh, each character has their own motivations for one of the two goals. And it's it's just very well written, very entertaining. And when they get into the characters of, of somebody like the Superman style character, uh, the, this one is referred to as the Plutonian. He, he's from another planet. 
and what makes that character the way they are. When you have all the power in the world, it really starts to mess with your head at some point. When so many people depend on you for so many reasons, it's it's very interesting. And when he su- eventually suffers his breakdown and goes nuts and just starts killing millions and millions of people, you can it actually makes sense. It's not just a story device. And then you have Incorruptible, which is the complete other way around. It takes one of the Plutonian's arch villains and turns him into the hero. He was in the city that the Plutonian first hit in his rampage when millions of people died, and it changed him. He decided that a life of crime was no longer for him and that he wanted to live life as a hero. It's a really nice twist uh, on the traditional hero-villain mechanic, taking a hero, making him the villain, taking the villain, making them the hero. Again, it's nothing we haven't seen before, but the way it's handled is so good because max damage, of course. You, know, you got to have the, the cheesy supervillain name. Again, he has great motivations for the, for what he does or why he does what he does. They're two really complex characters, even though they seem to come from the traditional cliched superhero and supervillain molds. And Mark Wade has taken those traditional views of a hero and a villain and really expanded on it to a point where I'm really enjoying these titles. Since they're both related to each other, you get one every couple weeks. It's, it's really been a lot, a lot of fun. Actually, yeah, it sounds pretty good. Oh, yeah. Highly recommend it again. And so that's going to bring us to our recommended new releases for the week. And, of course, at the top of the list, issue 19 of Irredeemable. Great. Hey, look at that. Things things tie together nicely here on uh, Bow Down to Us for once. <laughs> <laughs> we, we have Brightest Day, issue 13, Invincible, issue 75. Invincible is, of course, the other long-running comic from Robert Kirkman, the writer of The Walking Dead. We have Amazing Spider-Man 647. Uh, Bad news first. The issue is $5. Good news. It's almost 70 pages. This thing is a massive tome of a comic book with stories from all of the quote unquote web heads, all of the Spider-Man writers from the brand new day uh, timing. Dan Slott, Fred Van Lente, uh, Mark Wade. uh, Zeb Wells, a a lot of the the, the great writers that have been working on Spider-Man. This is their saying goodbye to Spider-Man before they hand it off to completely be written by Dan Slott. So this is the absolute end of the brand new day era. Uh, issue 646 was really the end of the story, but this is just just a nice send off for the comic before we hit big time coming up in a couple weeks. And of course, Chaos War number three, they are cranking these things out pretty quick, flying through this event. It's still good fun. Even with goofy looking artwork and stupid sound effects, it's still a lot of fun to read. I'm still liking it. And that's about it for this week. Finally, after a couple weeks of an immense release list, we get something a little more manageable this week. Uh, Thank you very much for giving me uh, some time to breathe here. And that's going to wrap us up here for issue 14 of Bow Down to Us, the comics edition. As usual, be sure to check us out at bowdowntous.com. Talk to us on the forums. We're getting a little lonely over there in our comic discussions. Uh, I would love to hear from our fans and check us out next week. So, whenever you're ready. Okay. Episode 14. Yeah. yeah. That was being helpful. That was not being as... Uh, in case you haven't noticed, I need the help there's, at the end of the episode. There's a distinction. Okay. 
put it in somewhere at the end for you. <laughs> Just casually, you know. You know how many drinks I've had today? 14. Every week gets worse. Jeez. <laughs> and actually, there wasn't that many spoilers that we gave for The Walking Dead, so maybe Joe will listen to. Because <laughs> he said he wasn't going to be listening. I told him we were doing it- The Walking Dead, and he said, I'm not listening. Yeah. And the, the only thing I really wanted to keep under wraps for Batman Beyond was the, the final reveal of who Hush was. So I think we did good there, too. Yeah, but that was revealed last issue. That was right, revealed but, in yeah. four. I, I thought that would have been a nice payoff for the people who decided, hey, let's let's check it out. Uh, you're going to be holding on to too many spoilers. I know. I'm, I'm terrible. I think that we should do a rule, though, that, OK, fine. But you can do spoilers up until the issue prior to the one that we're talking about. So okay. the one that you're covering, you can't give a spoiler, but the one before, you can. Okay. 